0: They are the Fabulous Learning Nerds. Cause if you're tired of the old ways of getting it done, you've got the Fabulous Learning Nerds. Scott, Dan,
1: and Zeta are making it fun. The best ideas that you've ever heard. So everybody spread the word. you are gonna keep you with turning. The Fabulous Learning Nerds. Fabulous Learning Nerds. Hey everybody! Welcome back to another fantastic episode of your fabulous learning nerds. I'm Scott Sheed, your host, and with me, yeah,
0: Dan the Man. Oh
1: yeah, boom! Right to I it. I know, Danielson. How are you? I'm fair to Midland. All right, awesome. Fair oh. to Midland. Oh, I gotcha, I gotcha. <laughs> how you doing? Oh, I'm beside myself. Really? Just getting ready. Yeah, I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, you know, a couple more days and I got my, um, I got my yearly annual Halloween vacation coming up. That's Ooh. right. Oh my goodness. It's going to be awesome. I love that.
2: I love that. Dude, Halloween really is the most wonderful time of the year.
1: It, it truly is the most wonderful time of the year. And, um, we've got, um, I, my last day this week's going to be Wednesday and then I'll come back in November, which would be fantastic. And. Um, That'll be great, and we're gonna go to Halloween Horror Nights, and everybody's griping about Halloween Horror Nights this year because every year they oversell the thing because they want to make money. We'll make some Mm -hmm. money, so people are waiting in lines for like it. There are two hours long, but we have always lived it up. We have always spent for the tour. They call it an R.I.P. tour. I'm Patrick. I know personally my tour guide or tour guide. I. Ask for him every year. He and I become friends because he's really freaking great. His name is Chris. Chris, if you're listening, and I know you're not, but if you are, you're awesome, man. It's great. And we don't wait in no lines. And that's the best. Like, the best thing is, I mean, it's, it's great not waiting in any lines. Like, that, that's, that's fantastic. Awesome. Like, you know, get right up front. Um, and, and we pay a good amount of money to not wait in any lines. But the even better part <laughs> is to look on the people's faces who have waited in line for, like, several hours. And watch me walk right in front of them and be like,
2: <laughs> yes, That's
1: see you later. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a terrible thing, isn't it? Oh, it's awful. And then, oh, oh, but it gets better because um, Spooky Empire, We I plan it. Spooky Empire is a Halloween convention. Um, it's in Orlando. It's fantastic. And all the big wigs are going to come this year. I can't believe how many people are coming. Um, and do um, you want to guess who, um, who, I, who I have paid money to get my picture with?
2: I can't even imagine
1: who? Oh. Ooh, who, who. Robert Englund, everybody. Welcome
2: what? my nightmare.
1: That's
2: oh. right. Yes,
1: yes. Robert Englund's going to be there. Kane Hodder, Ooh. aka Jason's going to be Ooh. there. Um, um, oh, Dude, just, Dude just, uh, that's awesome. Tom Savini. Do you know who Tom Savini is? No. As we lose more and more listeners, Tom Savini was a makeup artist. He's very, very famous for Dawn of the Dead. That's where he got his start. So. Uh, The original 1970s version of Dawn of the Dead in the shopping mall, which is, like, one of the greatest things ever.
2: Sorry. Dude, I I tell you, like, listen, uh, Halloween and just, like, this, uh, I feel like we're in, like, this really great revival of, like, horror and suspense. Like, maybe not in mainstream, like, box office, maybe not in, like, the big theaters, but, like. The access to like the old classics and just old, awesome, like just schlocky horror movies is like better than ever. And it's like so great. It's so great. My kiddo, you know, 17, cool kid is just like, I really want to watch like this, these schlocky horror movies. Like, hey, do you want to watch this? And oh, hey, you want to watch Reanimator with me this week? And I'm like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Okay. We can't be nerding out on Halloween
1: without our, our favorite design. Oh, Goddess with a small g. You'll have Zeta, everybody. Power. Power. Z Girl. Hello. Hello. How goes? It goes great. So, you guys are all watching spooky stuff. Oh,
0: yeah. Um, I was just saying, I know you guys are talking about horror movies. I have a very very good deep part in my heart that I just love the old classics. And when I talk in classics I'm talking about the classic universal horror movies.
1: Universal monsters. I yes, like them. Horace
0: Karloff as Frankenstein, Bela Lugosi as Dracula. Mm-hmm. Like they were the ones who walked so the others could run, you know. Like my dad would be very you, happy. You for- seen my
1: <laughs> you seen my teenage mutant ninja turtle universal monster mashup display, right?
0: No. No, I have not. No. no, it's
1: it's glorious. It's glorious. They it, it, they decided to go ahead and take all the teenage mutant ninja turtles and turn them into classic monsters. Oh my goodness! And they're they're all action figures, and they're just fantastic. Like, um, God, that sounds awesome. oh, Raphael is Frankenstein. <sighs> April Neal is the bride of Frankenstein. Of course. Um, uh master splinter is van helsing it's just glorious oh oh casey jones of course because he has a mask is the phantom of the opera Oh, that's awesome it's just Ah. glorious that is my favorite new thing i love it i'll send pictures everybody it's great please please Um, i want to see this Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Universal Monsters are where it's Mm -hmm. at. And back to HHN, that's one of their things. They always have a Universal Monsters house. It's my favorite house.
0: Awesome. I can't
1: wait. Like, it's always, it's always, always so much fun. Uh, Because that's what I've cut my teeth on. Mm -hmm. It's groovy. Same. So I have to ask, have you, okay, two things I got to watch. You have to watch. You haven't watched them yet. One is, um, if you have Disney Plus, like a lot of us have. Yes. Yeah. Goosebumps on Disney Plus. Oh, like
0: the original Goosebumps? Brand
1: new Goosebumps. (gasps) There's new ones? Brand new Goosebumps. Oh my goodness, I know what I'm doing. So they basically took your your favorite stories like The Haunted Mask and uh, The Night of the Dummy Mm. and they made it into like one segmented serial movie. Like these kids are all dealing with these things and they're all kind of weaving themselves together.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: It's fantastic. It's glorious. Oh, good! Zayda's excited. Like it's, it's I'm so checking good. it out like, right
0: now. This is awesome. This is this is this it's great. It's so
1: good. Yeah, not you will a living watch the
0: six
3: episodes oh. now.
1: The- oh my god! Yeah, it's all together. It's all weaved together. You'll binge it all. It's so good. Like it's just it just oozes with nostalgia and I don't know if I have enough popcorn. It's not that scary. <laughs> it's not that <laughs> scary. Oh, it's a good. It's, it's kind of scary, awesome. you know.
0: It's not like it's like the one where you just shovel popcorn in your mouth and just enjoy and just. Yeah, you turn off the lights. Yeah,
1: so Disney Plus, Um, if you're listening, we would love the kickback, and you're not going to give us one, that's fine. <laughs> That'd be pretty nice, right? But that is, fan- that is of the stuff I've watched. It's fantastic. The other thing is, um, if you're a Friday the 13th fan, there is a series of movies that just came out. They're um, by Womp Stop Films on Ooh. YouTube. Nice. And the first one that came out was Never Hike in the Woods Alone. And then it was never hike alone in the snow, Jason in the snow. Yeah, glorious stuff. And Just in um, time for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. And then they have now they have never hike alone two, and they all weave together. Um, they brought a lot of the old cast members in, oh, wow. so it's uh, yeah, really well done. Some of the best, I'd say, better than a lot of the movies because the movies are not great, mm. but um. This is if you're if you're a fan, you have to watch. They got the guy. I can't remember the guy's name. The guy who played Tommy Jarvis. He's in all of them. He's great. It's fantastic. Awesome. So, yeah, two two big high recommendations for this time of the year. That's awesome. Heck um, yeah, gotta watch Goosebumps. We just oh we just planned
0: God, your next so weekend, guys. <laughs>
1: That's <I know>. awesome. <laughs> well, we could nerd out about Halloween for the next thirty time. minutes, but probably not so much, because again, we lost most of our listeners, but hey, we're nerds, <laughs> we so, might have you gained know, a few. it's, it's like... the way it is. <laughs> I know, right? Well, maybe, I don't know. It's <laughs> lots of fun. <laughs> uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into our topic of the week. I'm going to get a little bit serious about some groovy, important things. Okay, this week, we want to talk um, a little bit about uh, learning learning. And employee engagement, like they kind of go hand in hand. And employee engagement, super important topic these days, you know, how do I keep my people engaged? Last time we got together, we talked a little bit about, hey, how do we, you know, how we create a learning culture, right? So really super important stuff in in our world and how they go together is going to be really important. Um, To start it off, I kind of want to frame up, like, I'm really struggling with something these days, as I take a look at what we do and what we produce, and I produce learning, not necessarily for my organization, but for the organizations that we serve. Great, right? So we're always looking at that. Well, how do we how do we add impact? How do we create change with people that we don't have direct influence over? And so that's always a big challenge, right? Um, and one of the things that we've been doing for many many years is this idea of a standalone quiz that we just put out for people and say, hey. Take this quiz um, about our products and services and and hope that that'll be a good thing. And I got to be, honestly, I'm kind of, we're looking at what we're going to do for the remainder of the year and in the Q1, and I'm kind of really struggling with standalone quizzes as a uh, learning modality. And I wanted to get your opinion on it. Um, I have my own opinion, but... I will toss it out and we sort of kind of talked a little bit about it in the front end of the show. So I know Dan's got an opinion. So we'll start I with Dan. I have an opinion. Is a, in lot a of standalone
3: things. learning modality, sir? I think that standalone quizzing is this really great and really powerful tool to test your learners, to
2: reinforce facts, and to even sometimes, if done correctly, introduce new things. That you want your learners to, to become part of their, their daily repertoire. But and like, as long as you're talking about engagement, you can even use it to help increase employee engagement. That being said, I cannot tell you how many times I have seen a learning development org just be like, well, just push out a daily question. A daily multiple choice question. And at that point, it's like a speed bump. It's like a, it's like a, uh. I log in and I have to do this thing. And I cannot tell you how many times I've looked and talked to learners and like, I've been the guy writing those daily questions. I've been the guy being like, all right, cool. Let me go ahead and uh, take some time. And I'm going to write out 200 questions uh, for this year. And that'll leave me some room to do some important one shots, I think, in case like other important criteria shows up. And all right, let me go ahead and th- this will take the next like, you know, month of my life. And, uh, listen, I'm not proud of all of those questions that, uh, I've written. Um, and when you make it a daily activity, you go talk to learners and they're just like,
3: yeah, I guess they're fine. But we all know what that means. We all means that they're crap. I have seen people use quizzing and questioning As a learning tool, and
2: I've seen it used super effectively. I worked at a place one time. We had an offshore site, and one of the trainers uh, during like an employee nesting time had taken it upon himself to produce a daily like reflect question. And he would give it to his teams at the start of the day, and they would have to, it was open response. And he would just say, Hey, I need this back by the end of the shift. And so, I mean, this is call center world at the time, so it's not like there's a whole bunch of free time, but telling employees like, "Hey, I just need this back by the end of the shift," gave them the time to think about to do things, and he would use it to introduce concepts that he felt either weren't being really hit really well like during the the new hire training period or that he saw affecting his his, you know, his nesting group particularly strong. And there they they were all these open essay questions, and so these learners would have to like go in, they'd have to dig, they'd have to research, and they'd have to like come up with these answers and responses. And I will tell you, we only noticed it because his group was performing so well. Like, his group was like, we'd, we'd see his numbers and be like, wow, that's, that's." I mean, honestly, goodness, I think the first thing we said was, that's weird. Uh, and then we were just like, man, like, let's, let's double check. Let's see what's going on. Cause they were, they were like leagues ahead of anybody else. And when we reached out to talk to him, he was just, he was super humble guy. He was just like, oh, you know, like, I'm just doing my thing. I'm just doing what I can, you know, like, uh, you know, I've got, I've got all these people and like, you know, I make sure to spend a lot of time with them. And as it took us like two conversations to finally get to, well, you know, every day I do give my, my, my people like this question and you know like i use it to like troubleshoot and i use it to give him time to think and i ask everybody to like get me the answer back and he he held his team accountable like if they didn't give him the answer you know he'd be like hey you know you you owe me that answer tomorrow you owe that to me you know as soon as possible you owe it to me um and like when we talked to like the teams underneath him they would all talk glowingly about this quiz, about this like question. None of them were like, oh, it's fine, I guess, whatever. They would all be like, oh, no, it's really cool. Like, oh, no, like, I have a lot of time to really think about my answer. Oh, you know, it really makes me think through steps A, steps B, step C. Like, they all loved it. And I'm, I'm going to say, I love the idea. We talked about it internally. It was so awesome. It was so great. And like we were like, we need to implement something similar. And do you know how that got implemented?
3: Oh,
2: a daily multiple choice. quiz? Oh, gosh. <laughs> See, there's the thing right mm-hmm. there. Like, so you
1: hit on something really important, which is like, it's I wouldn't even call it a quiz. I would call that daily reflection. Yes. Right. So here's your question for the day. I want you to think about this and I want your answer. All right. So that was really important. So it's not this. Hey, here, uh, here's a question. Here are four choices that you have. And. um expecting that in that process of answering this question, that someone's really gonna two things, one learn something, but also change their behavior from it. Like I, I struggle with that. But the other part of where you're hitting on is like, here's this daily reflection is which is really aimed at helping you think about your behavior. And how you approach things, I'm I'm assuming, right? And yep. then we're all gonna align on that and that reflection. Like reflection is an awesome tool for learning, right? I'm yes. you know sometimes I would say that we learn the most from how we reflect on things, and we don't take time to reflect during the day. Like I think that that's fantastic. So if you're if you're telling me that this is open ended reflection question, then groovy, cool, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, implementation into multiple choice question every day.
0: So there's a big difference. There's a big difference between, and I'm going to get nerdy here. There's a big difference between an open-ended question and a closed-ended question, which is like multiple choice. One is qualitative, and the other one is quantitative, right? One of them is like, oh, hey, one one is uh, you're looking for something. It's more of an icebreaker than an assessment, right? And the other one is just, Check the box. And I think having those open-ended questions allows for people to, like like an icebreaker at the beginning of a course, start thinking, get the process going, right? And I think it's much more valuable than like having a multiple choice.
2: I do think there's a hierarchy of value when it comes to quizzing and testing. Mm. And those, those open response questions are probably like near the top. And multiple choice are probably near the bottom. True, false. Uh, checkbox if you agree those being the the absolute bottom. That being said, I think any quizzing or questioning moment of reflection type setup when used properly is a powerful learning tool I too often quizzes are a checkbox. they are a hey I have to do this because I have to have some way to prove that you took this course and passed with an 80%. So here are five questions. And I hope you get at least four of them right. Have a great day. And the thought that goes into those questions, like, let's be real. How many of us have built a course because we know it's a checkbox and we get to the end and we're like, let me come up with five questions real quick. Like I try never to use true false, but I cannot tell you how many times at the end of a long day, at the end of a long build, I've been tempted to be like, this course was good. True or false? <laughs> I mean, or something like that. Like, just, just terrible questioning because writing good and effective questions is a skill and it's tough. Yeah, it's difficult.
1: So I'm all in line with quizzing as a form of retention. I think it's great if you didn't put it in within your design, right? So I go over a chunk of stuff, we chunk it out, and then I have a nice little retention question so I can... I don't get lost in what's important. I'm going to reinforce. I think from a reinforcement perspective, quizzes are fantastic, right? Um, And you're right. Like, oh, God, true or false? Like, ooh, I hate them because it's 50-50 and most people just stop, whatever. And then same thing with all the above. By the way, if you're taking your quiz or your test and whatever it is and you get an all the above answer, it's nine times out of 10, it's the right answer, If
2: I wrote that test and all of the above is the option, it's never all of the above. I always put all of the above and it's never all of the above. And it brings me devious... devious joy to do so. (laughs) So I hate the choose A and B or C
1: and D are right. Like I have the choose all that apply. That's the greatest form of question in my humble opinion. I could put only one answer in, which is devious, right? But I could also put all four. So it's really an awesome chance for us to reflect. So Yeah, it's
0: good to mix it um, up
1: too. Not all all platforms allow for that, but those platforms that do are great. Um, But I think you've really hit on something, Dan, and I appreciate your your wisdom around all this, I can certainly take it back. For me, it's a a matter of like, how do we really change behaviors? And then also from a retention, not a retention, excuse me, from a relevancy standpoint, um, the drop in participation is significant, right? So where I spend my time and how I spend my time is super important. And if my audience isn't required to do something and they're telling me that they don't want to do it anymore by not doing it, and we should find something else. That's just my humble opinion on all that kind of stuff. But I also know that that's really, really hard because we are all creatures of habit. We are all like, well, we've done this way, the way it's been done and most of the way we're going to do it. And I, I totally understand and appreciate that. Um, but, you know, I, I really feel that's where the challenge from us from a learning perspective is just really challenge people and say, Hey, we can do better. Yeah. What should we do instead? I, you know, staying on top of those things, which, Leads me into this whole idea of, you know, learning and in employee engagement, right? So we have significant input there. It's just a example, right? Here's an, an example of where we could have significant
2: input. So, I mean, like right now, and this is, this, that was a great segue. This is, this is, this is great to go from quizzing, which it doesn't on the surface seem like a powerful segue into employee engagement, but I really think it is because the problems that we just got done discussing, I think, are the problems that are happening in employee engagement. Like right now, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. I could go look it up and maybe I'll maybe we can put it in the show notes. But it's something like one out of three employees are completely disengaged from their work.
3: Oof.
2: <clears throat> they don't care if the building burns down. Yeah, but like but
0: why? Like that's yeah.
2: Oh, I mean, like, there's, there's, I think there's a bunch of factors mm-hmm. and like, you know, I, I think just a rapidly shifting workspace, first to remote and now like the, the clawback. And I think just the change of <clears throat> what is important to, to employers for retention and just the, the new reel of, Finding, attracting, and maintaining top tier talent, it, it's a difficult dance. And I think we just got done talking about why, why multiple choice and like true false are like bad quizzing because you don't put a lot of thought into this box checking. And I think that's where we're at with like employee engagement. And I think that's where like learning and development can really swoop in and save the day because I think so much of so many of employee engagement techniques are just like check the box. I send an email you know i i I told everybody I appreciated them. I bought a bunch of pizzas and I put them in the break room uh why 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 does everybody not wanna come to work? Why does everybody not want to work like because you're not working
3: to attract them, you're not working to speak with them and like as l and d folks that's our superpower that is
2: like <clears throat> excuse me that is like our superpower that is like. The The thing where we excel at is how do I get people to engage with the material I'm presenting to them and how do I get them to view that as an experience that's worthy of being remembered and retained? But I think too often companies are just going back to the same like, I told everybody I appreciated their efforts. I gave everybody a high five. I gave everybody, uh, uh, not everybody, I gave I gave a few employees a quick bonus. I bought a bunch of pizza. I bought a bunch of food. Like, those don't work. That's... Well,
1: I think fundamentally, this is a bigger opportunity, right? So if we think about... Everybody's got you know, their culture and everybody's got opportunities within their culture. Like there, I don't think that there's any perfect culture anywhere, right? So there's the aspirational part of culture. And I think it's important for leaders to identify that, like, here's how things are done today, right? Here are the expectations around those things, but you know what? We can be better and we get to choose that we want to be better. So that's cool. So when we make that choice to follow down the path for aspirations and trying to be better, Um, what do we normally do? Well, we put together a course on it, right? So empathy, great example, right? Everybody needs to be more empathetic, right? EQ, huge topic. We're going to teach everybody about empathy. Great. We get everybody together. Um, Either we create an online course, we go have them go through the course. Better yet, let's do a webinar series. Let's get smaller people in the room. We talk about empathy. We kind of have a little bit of practice and that's great and that's cool. And when it's done, we like, we just checked the box. We talked about empathy. Everything's going to change, right? And then it, then we're shocked when it doesn't. Like, what? okay, but it didn't change. Whoa! I know. It, that, that's amazing. Like, what? So how do we make it better? How do we make that aspirational change actually stick?
0: Maybe by setting at the end of the training. Um, having steps that you can then, hey, this is what you can do going forward. Like, more than just a checkbox. You're like, hey, this is what you should do. At this time, say, if you want to be more empathetic, you got to start incorporating that into your life. And step by step, I know change is hard. We talked about that, right? But change is also good. We are creatures of habit, So how do we incorporate that into our day to day?
1: The opportunity here is that um, the assumption that people want to make the change. Yeah, so the, yeah. the, the assumption is that everybody's on board and they want to make the change. Right. And so call to action If you, for any kind of learning that you put together, having a call to action is super important. Like, okay, make sure you do this. Like, I'm going to be, and be very clear about what that is. Like, uh, make sure you're practicing empathetic listening with your partners at least once a week by doing A, B, and C. Got it. Okay, cool. I can do that. That being said, there's no guarantee that I'm actually going to do it when I'm done. So, what are those things that we can do to help ensure that? people are actually doing the things that we want them to do to that will create real change because behavior is the only thing that's really going to change, make the change that we're looking for over time. Not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. I want to steal a page out of the Scott
2: Schutte playbook. Uh, I think going to cost that. you, sir. That's <laughs> royalties. <fair. That's> now <laughs> uh, I, uh, I've heard you say this. I've heard you talk about this. And this is one of those things that's like for right here, right now. And it leads off with the quizzing that look at that. It's a circle. Oh, Nice. Uh, you've talked about uh, feel-good training, mm-hmm. fluff training, training that just says some things, some good things, and then tells everybody to have a good day. And I feel like that's where we're at with like employee engagement and 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 using and leveraging your learning development teams to help foster that. Is hey, will you build a training on empathy? Like, yeah, sure, okay, great. Uh, All right, I built this training on empathy, and I've asked everybody to go and practice empathy three times this week. Okay, great. Well, that box is checked. Let's move on. 30 days later, uh, 90 days later. Why isn't everybody more empathic? Well, because you didn't follow up. You didn't actually see if everybody went and practiced it. You just told them to and then went, cool, great. Well, this will definitely do the trick. This is definitely what we need. And yes, it is what you needed, but no, it will not do the trick because you didn't follow up. You didn't test. You didn't verify. You built a really nice, really good, warm and fuzzy module that made everybody go, "ooh, yay. But then you didn't put any teeth in it. Mm-hmm.
1: It's that accountability factor that I think is super Boom. important. So somebody at the end of the day has to be accountable for it. And then everybody has to be aligned on the accountability factor of it and agree to, this is important. We want change. Zeta is going to lead this change (laughs) and she's accountable for it. And I'm going to do the things that she does. And Zeta has got the authority, agreed upon authority to follow up and make sure I did it.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, And then we, you know, and, and then being targeted and being specific about what it is that we want to do. So um, love, love your example, of like, hey, let's uh, create this training and then we'll have some follow-up. And maybe it's a, hey, here's some activities that we're going to have you do in, in an email. Do this do this three times a week. Yeah, um, Super important that there's some follow-up to that, right? Like, hey, let's practice empathy this week and I get it in my email. Great, cool. If everybody gets that email... We're, who's ris- who's accountable? Who's who's responsible to make sure that that's that's actually happening?
2: At that point, that's not a training; that's a communication. Mm-hmm. And listen, communication has its point and has its value in in broadcasting out like facts about the business, quick heads up for some changes, mm-hmm. things might, you maybe should know. But if all that is is you're just using training like a communications tool gonna have a bad time
0: oh yeah and it's not going to be impactful it's not gonna have any lasting results like whenever you no. do anything new or different um, usually the most successful way to do that is to have an accountability partner right like if you're trying to try to lose weight or whatnot you need someone to make sure that they hold you accountable that they follow up on it like usually I would think like leadership would would step in and be like oh hey are you doing a B and C are you following those steps?
1: Listen, nothing nothing against people working really hard to want to make change and want to improve engagement and putting out the learning, even the communication. Like, hey, this is important. Let's do those things. But, you know, we're, we're actually going to create change with prescribed practice and some accountability around that, right? So, oh, and it's super important too. Like, what does new look like? And can we all agree on what, you know, going back to our, empathetic listening or more empathy what is what would that look like right so what does that look like I I, I don't know if I could put a pin in it right here right now but I think it's super important for leaders to that want that aspirational change to agree on you know what this is what it would look like and therefore that's a form of measurement right so we can come back and say, all right, we did these things. Did have we seen any change? No. All right. Well, what do we need to do now to ensure that we get some
2: stickiness with our with our engagement? Hundred percent. I feel too often, most leaders and most employees aren't a hundred percent certain exactly it is what they want. They they show up to a job. The job is okay. They get an okay paycheck. They have an okay experience. They have an okay leader. They feel okay with it. And man, okay is like, I mean, it's the enemy of good. The same as perfect is the enemy of good. Like you've got that sweet spot that is good and everything on either side is bad. I don't, I don't want to like get crazy about it, but. I think for employers they
3: obviously want to attract talent they want to maintain and keep talent and I think it all boils down to like communication there's there's
2: lots of great books on why on knowing your why knowing
3: why you're here why you're doing this and I think too often businesses just assume that everybody's on board with that why. They just go, yep, Uh,
2: we said it once in orientation, and so everybody knows the why, everybody knows why we do stuff. All right, great. Off to the races. Why isn't everybody happy? I know as an employee, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at a project and been like, why am I doing this? Like, What value does this bring to the greater business? Like I'm not silly. I know that I'm there to bring value. That like the the subscription service to Daniel Coonrod is predicated on the fact that I will bring more value than what it costs to have me. That's that's everybody's deal.
3: So when I get a project and I'm like, man, why am I doing this? And that is part of the way that like learning and development can help. I mean. Being able to talk to employees and being able to
2: build training and materials that tell employees, hey, this is the big why. You've, you learned about it in orientation, but it's been a year. Maybe you've forgotten. Maybe the why has shifted. Maybe the why for your department looks and sounds a little different than the why for this department. It all serves the big business why, but it might come in different shapes and sizes For your org, your your department. And learning and development, like that again, I go back. I said it's alright, it's our superpower. Being able to step in and say, hey, I'd like to talk to you guys about why we're here and why it matters. And then I'd like to talk to you guys about how your why intersects with our why and why that matters. And then I'd like to talk to you about like when you get a project and you don't know the why, how to find out that why and how to relate that why to the Larger business goal. There you go. Boom. Anybody listening who wants to solve employee engagement, or at least a part of it, there's the training outline. Good luck. Godspeed. Go do it. And that's it. Like 100%. I cannot tell you the difference. I have worked at several businesses, but I've only ever worked at one business where the why was clear and present each and every day and each and every weekly team meeting. Somebody said, this is why we're doing this. Hey, real quick. Let's review our big whys and i never ever ever was upset when a giant project got dropped in my lap because i knew why it mattered because just that week somebody had said this is the big why and this is why what we do matters and i was like man i love this job
0: people need to know the why they need to know the relevance because otherwise they're gonna they're gonna be lost they're not gonna feel they're gonna be in the meh they're gonna they're not gonna be engaged
1: awesome so like one of the things that, that i think you're- that you really tied into it. I've been kind of talking about this. Like, so, you know, as organizations go through aspirational tra- changes, there's, there's this big, oh, I don't know how to do that. Right. So you're right. Bring your, bring your L and D people in. Um, and sometimes we have departments, well-meaning departments that, that all have, you know, different KPIs, different, you know, different things, but they end up doing the same thing that other departments are doing. Um, without thinking about it, right? And so I feel like sometimes what you just need to do is just bring everybody together in a room and align on the why, align on what's important, and align on how and what we're gonna do to make it better. And I gotta tell you that there, the person that has to be in that room, the person that has to be leading that discussion is your, is your learning and development expert. Because one of the things that I think is really important, what what value that we bring is creating a safe enough space where everybody's thoughts are valued, where everybody um, can contribute, where that person in the back who hasn't said anything. Those are people that I notice and go like, hey, Bobby, what do you think? Right. And And we level set on that because the reality is this reality is this, folks, like once you align on the why and what everybody desires then the rest of it is super easy right so if if we're all in agreement that this is important and it needs to get fixed and that that and we need to do something about it great let's start there right and cuz i think that it is such a powerful tool when everybody's together like oh yeah i guess we all agree the problem in our world today is that too many people are not focusing on the things that we agree on. Everybody's focusing on the things that we're disagreeing on or the things that are different. But what do we really want and what do we really desire? If we can align on that first and do it in a safe way, do it in a way where we don't have egos in the room, then then we can move forward. So critical stuff, if if you're seeing that things aren't where you'd like them to be, like suggest. That I don't have to be an expert in um, anything that's going on in my business. I am an I am an expert in the process, and I'm an expert in in in, um, in ensuring that the process is is safe and effective. And I'm also an expert in ensuring that we've got follow up in the right places. That we're not just sending, "Hey, here's some feel good stuff to think about." Nope, well, I'm going to hold you accountable to this, and then we're going to go ahead and ah. Uh, Boy, folks, if you don't have postmortem mortem it's your SOP, get it in your SOP and do it today. Like, talk about, did it work? Because if it didn't work, that's okay. We learned something. We can get better. Hey, folks, um, if you've got any additional thoughts, um, Dan is going to share
2: how you can share that with us and the rest of the community. Dan? Absolutely. All right, party people. If you haven't already, email us at nerds at the learning nerds.com. Listen, uh, we are in weird times like every time, and we would love to know about what you're doing for employee engagement from a learning and development perspective. Heck, we'd even like to know if you're just how you're feeling at your present role. We'd love to learn, hear more, and talk about it. Uh, if you're on Facebook, you can find us at Learning Nerds for our Instagram peeps, Fab Learning Nerds, and lastly, for more information about us, what we do, and updates, www.TheLearningNerds.com. Scott? Thanks, Dan. Hey, everybody. Could you do me a favor? Could you go ahead and hit that like button, hit that subscribe button,
1: and and please share this episode with your friends. Don't care how you do it, um, but be sure that you do. If you like what we're talking about, go ahead and leave us a review either on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever, that's great. If you didn't like the episode, leave us a review. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever, that's great because you want to know what? It's going to help us get better and it's going to help us get the message out to more people. And with that, I'm Scott. I'm Dan. I'm Zeta. And we're your Fabulous Learning Nerds and we are out.